court. And we're back at the Kentucky Baseball High School Coaches Convention. We are the Kentuckiana Baseball Podcast. Um, once again, thank you for listening. My name is T. Gridge. I'm your host. As always, I'm joined by Rick Hines. Rick, what's, what's happening? What's up? We're uh, getting close to wrapping up a long day here. Man, this is like interview 15, 16 or so. But we've got, hey, we had to get this guy. We listened to a little bit of his talk. Um, and everybody was like, man, this guy is incredible. It's awesome. Um, super pumped to have him here at this p- particular convention. Um, I might botch this last name, but Bill Moziello. Is that right, Bill? Perfect. You can speak Italian. <laughs> See, close enough. Bill is the associate head coach at TCU, a pretty storied baseball program there. Yeah. Um, Bill, thank you for joining us. So, uh, Bill, what was it you were giving that talk about? Give our listeners a little bit of insight. Yeah, so today was on team defense and developing winning players through uh, through drills, training drills. And um, tomorrow I'll do a uh, playing offense to win talk and uh, a lot easier to talk about the offensive stuff. Defense is, is a little more generic. Okay. Yet it's super important. And um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to do this, to give back. I've had so many people help me, and I've been myself to so many conventions and tried to learn. So if I can give them even just one little tiny thing, I'm, I'm hope, glad that I could help someone. Well, Bill, so we, we get about 15,000 listens per podcast. We have some of our things that have had 100, 200,000 views. So um, what we're going to try to do today with you is give some value, right? So what I want to be able to do is we get a ton of coaches. Um, ton of youth coaches. So, so our our demographic is more in the youth, more in the travel world, more in the you know kind of the the ten to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old age divisions. Um, give us something that, from a youth standpoint, coaches should be doing better or should be doing differently, or, or something that that you think youth coaches should focus more on when coaching. You know, number one, obviously, I, I appreciate the youth coaches. I mean, my dad was my my mentor. My dad was the one that was actually a mechanic at United Airlines that worked the graveyard just so he could coach my club. That's awesome. He actually, at the nice. time, knew nothing about baseball, and he knew that his son Bill loved to play. Yeah. And he uh, bought the Dodger way to play baseball by Branch Rickey, and he okay. got everything through that. So his <laughs> love for that. And then after my brother and I got done playing, he still coached about 20 years in the same Little League. So I have wow. such a huge appreciation. And, and I think first and foremost, we need to understand for the most part, these guys, these, they're youth coaches. We're very fortunate that they're um, coaching. You know yeah. what I mean? So for parents right. to be so hard on them sometimes is absolutely These are volunteers, right? Volunteers. I mean, these are guys who are volunteering all kinds of time to give back to their kids and mold young men here. So I totally agree with you on that one. And, and that's why. Now, all, coming with that, I need them to understand, too, is that, yes, Sometimes the pay for that coach is that my son's the shortstop, my son's the quarterback, uh, my son's going to be the point guard. You you would hope fathers would have a little reality. That's interesting. And, and you would hope they'd have a little reality that if his son's good enough, he should, but if he isn't, he shouldn't. But I still, again, if when I would argue with a parent, like, well, he can play short and hit third because he's out there with our kids every single day. <laughs> that's an interesting and take. I'm not doing it every day. That's an interesting take. I so, don't know that I've heard that one, Bill. So I think that's important to have some reality with that. But it's just the way it, that's their pay. Yeah, okay. Um, I like that. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know that I would do that personally, but I, no, right. I get it. Each his own, but my, I get my it. My point was to get them to understand that, hey, that's his pay. Yeah. Wish he didn't. Right. There you go. Okay. Now, I also had a deal where, you know, I, I tried to be that coach where uh, the – the father that, you know, my boy, my three boys, and I've seen a million Little League games and all their games. And and uh, I always had that deal where I'm going to go to the games and I'll never say a word. Right. And uh, 
you know, and then after the game on their drive home, when we get home, we're going to break everything. Yeah, sure. So the problem with that was I used to tell my wife, complain to my wife every single second about what they do. <laughs> right. So, of course, she yelled at me, well, if you're going to keep complaining, then you need to start coaching the team. Yeah. So you need, we all need to be prepared for that. So I have amazing appreciation. Now, at that time, I was coaching minor league baseball managing, and I had the off-seasons off. So okay. we lived in Arizona, so I had to start my own travel club and put my money where my mouth was. And, so you did and that. Do that. Bill, I, I, I kind of jumped the gun here a little bit. Can you give us a little bit of your baseball background? So I'm, you know, we don't have enough time, but I'll, I will give the, <laughs> okay. the real Let's quick. get the cliff notes. Yeah, this is my 36 years, either either professional or uh, collegiate coach. I've been, okay. I've been blessed to be at the greatest programs ever, at the Cal State Fullertons and the oh, Ole wow. Misses and Arizona States and, you know, now at TCU. And wow. University wow. of Southern California. And, and I don't even want to say them because I'll hurt somebody's feelings. Right, because you'll leave somebody out. But, um, <laughs> and, and, and then the Yankees for five and the Angels for three. So I, I've been blessed like Man. no and okay. some amazing players, the Mike hey. Trouts and some certain things. So I, I've been super blessed. So no one's been more blessed than me and no one's uh, had the luxury of to watch so much great baseball and be around so many great people than I have. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bill. Well, that, that's opened no up a whole new world here. So um, so back to kind of my question there, and you gave me a little bit of a background, but what's something from a coaching standpoint that youth coaches should be focusing on more? So my, my, my thing, it's as simple as this. Love them to death. Hold them to a high standard as in being a good teammate, hustling and listening. The baseball is secondary. We don't need to worry about the, the fundamentals and the techniques, and, and I hope they teach them fundamentals. And, but it's more of to play hard, play to win. But it's not the end all. It's 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 a delicate mix. It's it's hard to be able to do all. But it's real simple. Love the kids. Demand that they play hard. Demand that they play for each other and they're a good teammate. And then if you can get it, once you have all those things, then you can worry about something else. And okay. I think okay. Love them, there for them, but don't allow them to do things that you know aren't right. Okay. That they actually know aren't right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that makes sense. And look, and that and that's kind of keeping it simple and. You know, a lot of the better coaches know how to keep simple at a high level, right? Oh, yeah. So, Bill, what is um, what is your favorite defensive drill? Break. Let's give some value to our listeners here. Break something so down for us. defensive drill? Yeah. I always like two outs on one pitch. So anytime we're doing a double play drill, I, I love that. Okay. Because if we can get two outs on one pitch to help – Maybe end an inning or to get basically right. loaded. Nobody out a double play ball. So that well, and I saw a little bit of that on your film there. So so break down a good double play drill for us. So a double play deal number one starts with making sure that whoever the ball is hit to that they get one out at a time. Catch the ball cleanly. Give a good feed. If it wasn't meant to be a double play, then just make sure we get one. And and what I mean by that is you don't try to invent something. You can only do what you do. You stay just in your own quick fashion. You right. don't try to go too fast. And uh, John Wooden's famous for a quote that I use daily is, be quick but don't hurry. Um, and it's part of that. Just stay in rhythm. And if it turns it, it'll, it'll turn it. Make sure we get one every single time. But when you get when that becomes the thing that you do the most and you make sure you get one, then I promise you that two, two will happen a lot. There's so many drills and so many things, and I have a passion for every single one. So you, uh, you're putting me on the spot there. Never yeah, I know. Drill, but I, but I like to do anything that gets two for one. You know, anything for okay. two for one. All right. So, coach, one of the things that we've had a, a lot of discussion with, not only on this podcast but today and with other high-level coaches, um, is multiple sport athletes. Is that something that is valued at the collegiate and professional level? Um, or any more now, you see kids specializing earlier and earlier and earlier, and they're only playing one sport. And then they get to high school or whatever, and they've only, only played basketball or baseball or whatever it may be. 
Talk to me about the collegiate professional level about playing multiple sports. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think we all know the answer. Nobody's ever heard one collegiate coach say that they didn't want their guys to play multiple sports. You know, I mean, me, me saying I love them to play all sports is I'm not the first guy to say it. Yeah. You, you've never heard somebody who didn't. Who, on, the, on the flip side of now, that. Or at least didn't admit it. Now, there's high school coaches that can encourage well, it. Yeah, I'm talking about That's why I said collegiate. Okay, I got you. No, no Fair enough. No collegiate coach would ever say that. Okay. Um, number one, the injuries go way up when you play one sport. You're only using certain parts of your body. Yep. We all know the kids get tired of it. Um, there is that scary thing, and I've been through it like nobody else with my three boys. Of the, the less baseball they play, they get behind. Baseball is such a skill sport that needs to be played. You know, my kids would play for, with a guy that they, I knew my boys were going to be better than them, but the guy's got a thousand more at bats under his belt, and he does compete better as a baseball player. But you try to convince him, son, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Okay. But the, the, playing all the sports, you have no idea what your sport's going to be. But I have this, this is through my thing that, 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 that I understand. I'm the biggest hypocrite ever because here I have told you all these things. Right. Well, it's going to end up being even my third boy. They all play just one sport. And so say, for instance, my oldest son, who really good basketball player. I mean, I wanted him to play all three, but he only wanted to play basketball okay. and baseball. So you get on the high school baseball team and you got a chance to make the team as a freshman. And then the coach tells you, well, you know, if you're going to be in our rotation as a freshman, which is right. really hard to do. Obviously. Right. Obviously. Well, if you go play basketball, you're going to miss a lot of bullpens. And if your team goes to the playoffs, you might miss the first two weeks. And yeah. he's got older teammates, great seniors in the baseball. I mean, we need you to play a baseball player. And the peer pressure to where the coach told me all the right things. Right. But I knew he wasn't telling my son and, and, other, and he had other people going to him. So my sons actually didn't. So the problem is, like, you need to be such a good player that, yeah. like, you tell the baseball coach, yeah, I'm going to play the other ones and – you're going to want me so bad. Yeah, and it's not going to matter, right? And they're the only yeah. ones that really have the luxury to do that. Yeah. There's so many other kids, it's like you're fighting for the shortstop spot or, or to make the team. You know, everybody's a little bit different. And sure. You play in the others. The coach, he might in his heart, yeah, you for sure, I'm going to allow you to. Yeah. But you may not be good enough once you step in March 2nd to do it. Now, colder weather places like this, and, and I'm, uh -huh. a, I'm a California guy. Okay. I raise my kids a lot okay. in Arizona. So, you know, it's a little different world. It is a different world Here, there. Here, it's like, well... Hey, the baseball team's not getting on the baseball field. No. Until and if they are, more, yeah. you know what I mean? So like, It's indoor yeah. if they are doing anything. Right. So you actually could afford to do that. Where in California, Arizona, if you wanted to play with some of them, it made it even tougher. So it's a, it is, it's not as easy as it is how I sit here banging the, banging the right. table yeah, saying, play all the you sports. play all yeah. of them and, <laughs> right. and you tell yeah. your coaches this. Yeah. Because it's, that's, not the, that's not the reality. Exactly. And I wish the high school coaches – they're, all their goals should be let's have the best athletes. And the be he plays football. He's a tougher kid for me as a baseball coach. He plays basketball. He knows pressure shooting that shot when it counts or trying to make a free throw with no timeout. So it's going to help my guys' nerves. But they all think their sport's more important than the other. Right. What's good is when you have the some programs where you have the baseball coaches, the football assistant. And right. He has his, he's a receiver's coach. Yeah. yeah his three best players. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like that, and that's what happens on that. But it's it's not as cut and dry as we think. Okay. Right, fair it, enough. It's not it, easy. But it should yeah. be. And, yes, and youth sports, until 15. They should try sports, to do everything. They for sure need to do all of them. Okay. I like that, Bill. And and trying to build athleticism and competitiveness. And right. Again, I'm not the first coach. Every coach complains about, I want more competitive players. Right. And putting a football helmet on them and hitting somebody's pretty physical. Well, Dan McDonald said earlier, he was like, hey, look, baseball's not necessarily the most athletic sport. So having these guys play something a little bit more athletic, whether it be basketball, football, whatever, does help them become better athletes. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not the first guy to say that. And we all, and we all are looking for those guys. And 
I need to find out from Dan how does he get those great athletes. And, <laughs> yeah, he, he is, man. He's pulling them in. They're so fantastic. let's talk about that, what you're pulling in at TCU. What are you guys looking for? What do you value when you're recruiting a kid? Yeah, we, I mean, you know, the, we, the corny, cliche stuff, man. We're looking for integrity, high-character kids, kids that want to be student athletes. From an athletic standpoint, our style of play and what we refuse to give it, we're an athletic. We're, we're getting athletes. We're going to – it's not a. It's never a bat over athlete baseball. Player. Right. It's always an athletic baseball player over a one particular skill. Yeah. Pitching's pitching. We always need power arms and guys who can do that. But we're still looking for athletes on that. But it's we're 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 ath- about athletes, competitive, tough cookies. Okay. Love to play and compete. In our program, we we empower the players. Um, we put so much on them because we trust them and we need intelligent kids. Okay. High aptitude. We, you know, a private school, it's hard to get into as it is. So that's our, that's our profile as it is. Good students that do yeah. it right. College you baseball. You have to be a good student. You have to, to be a good student. Yeah. And if, even if you could get in, right. if you're not bright and have great aptitude, you can't excel in our program. It wouldn't be fair to you. Yeah. We're also fighting. All collegiate teams are fighting professional baseball. Oh, yeah. If we had unacademic kids, they'd sign for 500000 every kid. Yeah. And we need kids that, that value education and that won't, won't sign unless they get 1.5, 2 point. You know, and now, does NIL going to change any of that in college baseball? The reason I don't think it is because it really isn't in football already. Guys are already coming out and everything, and there's some of those kids that are going to make a million dollars. So we'll see how that goes. It'll make it a lot easier that when a parent wants to look at us. It's just our sport is so crazy. We're asking a kid to pay X amount of money, yet, but we're trying to turn down money. Turn down money for them Mm -hmm. to pay to play college baseball. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I, I still understand the value, and I know it's better for them. Coach, so it's uh-uh. it's a, ours is such a long, drawn out. I could speak for years on. There's no right How or hard wrong. Is it? <laughs> it's just really tough. And uh, explain to me this, and, and maybe you can help shine a light on this to our listeners. You look at a football staff in a college, and there's I mean 50, 60 paid employees, right? In a baseball, you can't have a third paid assistant. What in the world is that rule about, and why is the NCAA so behind the times on this? Well, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sickening. It, it, our whole game as coaches is to empower kids as players and young coaches that want to be coaches, and it does zero of that. It, we all get it. Football makes all the money. I, sure. It brings get, in the money. And we yeah. appreciate that. And I, I really think what's happened to baseball and the NCAA and all that ridiculous stuff is baseball right now, college baseball is the best it's ever been. The as stadium, far as talent? Well, no, the stadiums, the facilities, the TV. Okay, coverage. okay, they, I got gotcha. you. I mean, coaches at the at the luck, the lucky few coaches in the few Power Five are making money that like you never dreamt of. Right. Be a stupid assistant coach. To right. Make good money was none of us coached to make money, so yeah. that wasn't. And and I couldn't do anything else but coach because I don't know anything else. Right. <laughs> I was going to fight this dad by job. Right. So, um. It, it just doesn't make sense. But but what I mean is baseball's prospering so much, they look at it and say, why do we need to get other guys? Baseball's at the best it's ever been. So it's like, why would we need to do that? So that's why it won't. They yeah, you guys even, are doing fine. They don't even come. Yeah. We're doing fine. Yeah, why would you want the, yeah. the, the viewership, the players, and the, and the percentages of the, the big leaguers that went to college higher than anything else? So they're not worried about changing. There's not even talk. They shoot things down so quickly. 
it's 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 super, we're in a sad state when it comes to that, but yet we're super strong still, and so it's, we're not going backwards. But right. it's sad. But I don't I, I don't I can't say well hey give it time it's for sure going to happen. The the, the scholarships from eleven point seven that's, yeah, that's that gets no that no that that's crazy. I believe that I these, believe that, that the third coach will happen in the next couple of years. Okay, maybe that's just my it should prayers Optimistic. and belief. And <laughs> there, there's enough of a movement out yeah, there. And that, I feel the movement, the scholarships and all that. That's there's zero movement. There's yeah, I agree. You don't you don't hear about the scholarship stuff much. No, they don't. That doesn't. And then Actually, NIL, when you say that, I bet you our listeners, and you explained that a little bit more for us, Coach. So there's 11.7 full scholarships available at the NCAA Division One level, correct? Correct. And a lot of times you're you're dividing that up over the whole team. And always divide, and they're not created equal. Our school costs at this time sixty-eight thousand. Yeah. So a fifty percent scholarship, which is huge for us, means you're still paying thirty-four thousand. Which is crazy. Sure in, and there's no in-state because yeah. of a private school. Louisville, I'm not sure the cost. Yeah. Maybe it's twenty twenty thousand for an in-state. Than that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so like twenty-five in-state, something like that. Now they do a great job with out-of-state players too. So I, I mean. Yeah. But it, you want to talk about an advantage and why they have some amazing players. And right. Again, we're fighting professional baseball, and the, and the family says, turn down 800000 but pay 34000 Again, <laughs> right. that's not career. That's a year. Yeah. Now, there are means now. There are some a little bit of financial aid for us now. It's gotten better. You can sure. combine that with scholarships. And we have a lot of academic money, but it's only for elite students. Yeah. The three, sure. Four, you got to be super 32 creative. and above. Yeah. Sure. So I'm only looking for the fastest guy, the best shortstop. That wants to turn, but yeah, and he's a 4-0 and a valedictorian. That's all I want. I mean, and, and I want to make sure that nobody else recruits him. So yeah. you, sure, comes our play. You're looking for a unicorn every year. I mean, it's and that is the challenge, and I love it. And it's it's the thing, and we get a special player, player, and um, you know, but college baseball, it's 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 a fight. But boy, we have some amazing coaches that do amazing. Oh, uh, you certainly do. And uh, and and we 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 have no excuses. We're we're lucky to have a job to, to be able to coach young men and empower them to become great men. Um, so we're, we're no, I'm not complaining. And nobody does. And that's just it. That's why it goes on the way it does. Right. So coach, I, I caught a little bit of your, your speech there and a little bit hit home to me. My son plays first base for our little travel team. You were talking about first base positioning and I thought it was, it was I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. You're talking about how the first baseman for you guys plays over a lot and he's not attached to the bag as much, not anchored to the bag is the terminology you, you talked about. Tell me, dive into that a little bit for me. So, you know, obviously the goal is to cover as much, you know, to have as much infield coverage as possible. And if one guy is on the line, then we have holes. And if the guy, if he's on the line, the guy moves over and then the sh- doesn't get the shortstop to move over and the third, you know, I mean, it's, they're all on a string and they all need to work, you know. Now, is that something that kind of happens as you progress through levels? Um, or is that something that, that, that maybe you guys teach a little bit differently? We teach a little. Well, what I would say the professional baseball does it. They're ahead of the curve, and then we're all doing the good college programs. But a lot of times you have some program that don't even notice. Like I could go watch a travel game and a successful travel team, and the first baseman's anchored on the bag on every hitter. No, no idea, and no one even noticed. Yeah. No yeah. one said a word to him. And the first day he gets in my program and he's playing where he is, and I yell at him. He looks at me like I had three eyes. No one's ever told me that. I've been the I've been the best first baseman in Kentucky for four straight years. <laughs> right. And, nobody yeah. ever and nobody's ever told me to do so that. Sometimes it has to do with that, and there's a comfort factor. 
and yeah, so there, there's a lot involved in that. But I, I sure didn't invent it. But I'm stealing from everybody, like all good coaches are trying to do, and reinvent themselves and look at. And my deal is, I challenge coaches that everywhere I speak and and all over the country to try to think a little bit different and don't do with this because what you always did or I love maybe, that maybe though. You were an all-conference first baseman. This is what you did. Well, so what? And you're, you know, <laughs> make your guy even better than you. You know, like our goal isn't to get him to be us or get him to be better than us. Right. So, and we're all had different skill levels and all had the lucky, luck, different experiences. And, but yeah, but it's like if I went to a youth game, I'm going to see the guy playing in the same spot every game. Sure. <laughs> Nobody's going to notice, and, um, you know, and if mom doesn't yell from the stands to move him over, he's not moving. He's not moving. So, What's something else that maybe you teach and feel strongly and passionately about that may be a little bit different than, than what's out there as a norm? You know, keep coaching kids at a super high standard. Like, I don't care if he's an 8-year-old. Like, I mean, he's going to have super high standards. I'm going to have very good patience. I'm going to understand. But, like, I want him to think he can do it I want, if I believe in you. When you coach, the harder you coach a player, the more you believe in him. If the kid just isn't talented enough, I can't do much to him. I mean, I have to be smart enough to have a little feel for, man, this guy's doing the best he can, and he is getting better, you know. Right. So everybody's at a different spot. But, I, I mean, I think the standards can never be too high. Playing to win at, at all ages, but that's not the end all. But understanding here's, here's what you do to win a game. But after you lose, we still go get ice cream. You know what I mean? That's the fine part. We're going to get pizza. Yeah. And, and But as a parent, I just want more, and, and as the coach, but as a parent – just your job is to love your kids and support them right not to beat them down and do all that type of right stuff. and obviously my job is to and in college you're empowered you're telling the, the families you know entrusting them to take care of my son and i'm now his coach and i i appreciate what you've done that's why we recruited him but you know for now on you're going to leave the coaching to me so maybe i lose a kid because dad wants to be his hitting coach still i do understand that you made him a really good good hitter and me and, me and the dad will have some talks on what did you do what makes him click yeah but you've entrusted him into our program thank you very we'll much it it's the him. highest thing yeah. i can possibly get and now i'll be his coach so now all i need you to do is just when he calls you quit talking about baseball talk about how much you love and how good is he doing in the classroom has he met a new girl yet um how's his buddies <laughs> at school not not why did he go over four Again, I'm going to beat him up enough. I'm going to be hard enough. He's right. He's going to need it from dad. He doesn't need it from dad. And, that, and I, and I you know, that's part of the, 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 uh, a deal for me. I'm going to talk to the parents on that, and we recruit the parents. And, I, that's so that's, incredible to me. You know, Frank Martin's got that, that quote, right, where he came out and said, I'm going to sit in the stands right. in my kid's game. I'm not going to say boo. And I know more than these, my little finger and all these coaches do. But I, I'm going to respect that these guys are coaching my kids. And I think people need to understand that, look, these coaches are given their time. They're given their expertise. They're given their heart and soul. Let them coach. Yeah, and that's and I, now again now us coaches too. That do that. like I I tell you that I do that too. Sit in the stands and not say anything. But guess what? I'm the one that sits in the stands whenever they do something stupid. I just don't say it. But I'm thinking <laughs> this is the worst coach team I've ever seen. Right. So when we do stupid things on the field, which we do, and we do things, I understand them. And if they want to yell, I'm embarrassed first. So I get why they're saying it. But I do that too. I want to watch a guy and go, Have you guys ever gone over that one time? Yeah. In your and then you find out we did that six times the last two right. weeks and you're like i know i've been there but the difference is i'm not going to yell something but if somebody were to yell it to me i i actually deserve it because my my standards are super high and when they're not doing well it's on me when they do great because they're great players right but when they do poorly i i need to do a better job no I'm, i understand I'm, I'm okay with that and that's that's how you last 36 years in this in this business as tough as it may be um, but yeah, so but I, I I know all aspects. To me, when I like talking about these kind of aspects, is that like I, I've been through it all. I got three boys. Yeah. I was a father who 
believed, hey, guy, how come my son's he's hitting seventh? How come he doesn't hit third? Right. And believed that, uh, you know what? If if he had more chances, he could hit third. Uh, but I also, from a parent standpoint, when if the son was a little embarrassed, I said, son, get three hits the next two games. I guarantee they moved you up. They're gonna move you and up. And it would happen. And yeah. Would happen. My kids really went through that because when you've moved as many places as I have through my coaching career, they were always on a new team. Right. Right. They new were always team, the new. Right. Team. The they new kid. Nobody, you hit nobody last, knew anything you about them. Right. Yeah. So they always went through that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, like I said, I, I had some belief like shucks. I think if my chance, my son got the one more at bat a game, then he could be better. And it, yeah. so I've been, I, I was that same father. So Those, you get you think, it. I've done it. Yeah. You've been there. I've done it. But the key is I didn't tell my kid, yeah, you're right. You're getting screwed, son. You need it. <laughs> right. It was just, Hey, do better. Or I did, I got three years. Okay. Do it again and see what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that was just it. Again. Bill, two, two more questions for you. Everything's kind of clearing out here, so I don't want to take – I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but I really appreciate you doing this, and I think you're providing some value to our listeners that are they're going to value for a long time here. So uh, what is it that creates a winning culture? You've been at some storied programs, and I, and I mean storied programs, TCU being one of them. What creates a winning culture? What's what's the important factor that that you can do that to, to create these winning and these winning programs? So you know, culture is a buzzword that we all throw out. We've all seen it. Some places have they have a hundred things written on a wall. Yeah. On that. Yep. What is culture? And culture is this. It's this simple. It's how you operate. It's how your program operates. Okay. So it's it's there. It, there's so much involved. But it's you come to the into the clubhouse, or you come into the meeting room, or you meet a kid. You see how he operates. Then you'll know what kind of culture you're at. Got it. Your players, your players are your culture, and you have to demand things, and you have the standards, and then they need to follow them. But that's it's how you operate. It's not words on a wall. Right. And and you need to all be on the same page. But it starts with love, man. It's 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 a love. Your players loving each other, and that's where I will start with culture. You starting with if you have great love in your program, you've got a great culture. I love I it, man. I'd explain it because the love means you're competing together. You're going to be winning together. You lose together. It's passion but there. I, I'm with you. If you're all on the same page, you'll You're win. all accountable you'll for win. each other. You'll win more games. Yeah. I mean, but, but you know, you, there's just so much involved. But it's you go to a place, how they operate. Go to certain programs. Just meet one of the people in their program, and you'll go like, that place is different. Yeah. Meet, meet any of our players in our program, and yeah. you'll go, that place the best part of our program is the players not the coaches right even though the school everything the school's awesome yeah but our players and that's where our players dominate the culture and we enforce it um and but they actually really enforce it to each other because that's who they're around but i'll just start out you want to have a great culture love the heck out of each other okay and that's the, that's a start okay coach last question and, and our listeners would be mad at me if i did not ask you this question with with all your experience best players you've ever been around or coached and why well, so Mike Trout is the best, most talented player I've ever coached. Well, I mean, he's probably the most talented and player on the planet right and now. And maybe, and, and, I, and I knew it then. That it was as an eight, 17, 18, and 19-year-old. I knew he could. You knew it then? Yes, and I, but I thought he could be the best player that ever played. That was the goal, and we still, you know, it's still in the. What made him so track. good? Obviously, he's got the physical tools, right? But but what is it that takes him to that level? You know, he's 6'2", 240, number one. He looks like a smaller Brian Erlacher, and he runs a you know, 390 <laughs> first base. Right. I mean, so he's a great. But his, his mom and dad, Jeff and Debbie, the way they raised him, he's the most amazing teammate, most unselfish, never about him. The only negative you can say about him is he doesn't talk enough. He doesn't promote the game enough. Mm-hmm. He does everything he possibly can, and that's what he does is promoting the game better than anybody ever right. could. So he's he, not it flashy. Was, it was more. You know. it, it was more of Mike being Mike. I call him Michael. He's the. That's what. Now the tools were awesome, but his. You never knew if he went 0 for four. Or he went four for four. 
you had he wouldn't show it. He didn't same. know. He acted the same. Interesting. He, he didn't strike out, throw his batting gloves away. It was their fault. He right. Slam his bat. Right. I mean, I, the first year I managed him, I said, Michael, where did you know? Did your dad like you threw a bat once and, and hit you off the team? Like, yeah, what, right. Like, he, you know, he said, my dad. I always did a pretty good job, but when you meet Jeff and Debbie. You find out where he gets that from. Jeff was his dad was a 300 hitter in the minor league. Should have played in the big leagues. He just had to had Michael and they needed to get married just so he could start making some okay. money okay. in the minor leagues. But they they did it. He did that. They've done that with their whole family, their daughter and other son. And so that's where it starts from the family. And but that's what. It's where did you have him? So you said so you I, managed, I managed him. him. And I, I had him for parts of three seasons. I called him up in Cedar Rapids. Uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. When he after he'd gotten drafted, he played, okay. he played on his rookie team. I called him up for the playoffs. We did as an organization called him up. Then the next year, I had him for the full year. He had a great year. He got called up at the end, and then I managed him in Double A the year he went to the big league. So in his three minor league years, I got to manage most of his games in all three of them. Wow! So awesome. I got to see everything. But he, but he was the most special. He was a better kid than he is player, and that, that'll awesome. say it all. And typically, those guys are right. The guys, the guys that are the superstars. That, they typically are the guys that are sustainable that have success for a while, like the Derek Jeters and those kind of guys that you have to do that. You can't. This game, will, this game will chew you up. Yeah. If you don't do it the right way, it'll kill you, and oh, you'll yeah. be. You, we know the media and all that. Oh sure. They're looking for every bad thing. So <laughs> all the special ones, I've managed over 90 major leaguers that I either managed or coached in college. So I've been around the most amazing. Man. Todd Hilton is Todd Hilton is still the best hitter. He, he I've was, heard that from a lot of people, he, man. He, he must have been just a hell of a hitter. He was, and he actually was the best pitcher. He has a collegiate record for scoreless innings in a row. Really? Wow. Seven. Pitcher. And he was actually, uh, people don't even realize some of them, that he was actually the starting quarterback in Tennessee before Peyton Manning. He got hurt. Against, Todd Helton was? Yeah. Really? He got hurt against Georgia, and then Peyton got to play the, the rest of the year. Oh, so no, that, that's another. I didn't know that either. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't even this. He was a 6'2", 180-pound athlete, Dan, who just did com- amazing competitiveness. Hand right. High. But he wasn't like a great runner or did anything great, yeah. but competing, and uh, he had some special traits. But it was more of a competitiveness. So Todd's still the best hitter, but Mike just could run and do that. If 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 Todd could have ran like Mike Trout or was that size, there wouldn't they would have it would have he would have been illegal. Interesting. And God, you know, God can't give you everything. Right. You know, okay. Enough. And <laughs> so one day when he's in the Hall of Fame, I can't wait for that. Uh, wow. So whatever, when we go to Cooperstown, and he's nice. getting closer every year, and. I could speak for hours on why he should be, and so. But I, I've been blessed. There's so many. I, you know, Sean Casey's on the, yeah. the network. Sure. You know, he's the, he's the most amazing. And Aaron Boone. Aaron Max, Boone, Max, yeah. Actually coached three uh, three minor league, um, three major league managers right now. Where I actually played for me. So, like I said, when I talk about being blessed, man, and I say that none none of them were did this because of me. I had the best seat in the house. I learned way more from them than they did from me. Sure. But you'd have to be stupid not to pay attention to why they had success and right. and try to learn it. And then you're able to teach your players and talk about it. And when you have a resume of being around those kind of kids, you you, sure. you get them to listen a little better. Sure. If you tell the kid, hey, you got a chance to play in the big leagues if you'll do A, B, and C. Yeah. Well, how the heck do you know? I've coached Mike Trout. This is yeah. what it's going to be. Again, if, right. I, if I were to tell you I, well, made, I made any of these players, that's when you got to coach them. No, well, yeah. it's, it's well, all about no, them no. at that point. It's, it always has been. Yeah. It's yeah. About a twelve-year-old, but you still could have right. made sure they didn't go in the wrong, wrong direction. And I take most pride in my kids that the, the the things they did well and the kind of kids they were. You know, Mike Trout being who he is, I take huge pride in that. But he was the greatest kid before I ever met him. It wasn't because of me, but the fact sure. that I wasn't going to make sure on my watch he wasn't going to. Yeah, he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to fail I, under I, I your watch. Do the mom and dad. I wasn't going to let him. Yeah. Right. And, but again, he didn't need my help, but I was there just in case. All right. So, Bill, last question. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. So. The, obviously, you've you've been around baseball at, at, a, at a much higher level than most people will ever dream of. What's the secret to being successful in this game? 
again, I go back to that word love. You know, I mean, love what you're doing, passion. You know what I mean? And just being blessed. I mean, God, you know, the secret is faith in having God, and, and he'll always put you where you need to be, or it's not always where you want to be. It's where you, where he wants you to be. And But uh, it's really just having faith in the belief. And But but whatever you do, if you want to have faith, it's got to have passion and the love. love you it. know what I mean? And that that's really, that that'll take you through all the tough times and all the, you know, sleepless nights and all that type of stuff. But it's just loving what you're doing. As, as, a, as a coach, you, and you, once you get married, you have to have a wife that's amazing and mm-hmm. You know, I could speak about my wife and my yeah. kids, and I don't want to cry on this thing. So. Yeah, I hear you, man. So, uh, today that happens to be our anniversary. Oh, and you're oh, here. Yeah, and so I'm here. So that's, that's, that says a that's lot. How, that's well, happy anniversary. <laughs> that says a lot. Thank you. That's how special she is. She, I did have part of this deal was you're, my wife needs to be flown out here with me, and so we're going to go. Oh, she here? Oh, yeah, she came. Oh, well, awesome. well, maybe we should be giving you suggestions on where to go yeah, out to, to eat go. here. We have a, we will, we you will. got a reservation? <laughs> she has a place. They called sidebar or something like that oh man you're missing out uh, sidebar's okay yeah, but well, give me one right now uh, you still, look so so many yeah, yeah there is so many i mean look i i don't know how this i don't think it's very i think there's only a few but jeff ruby's is incredible Call downtown ruby's? Okay. jeff ruby's is incredible um there's a place that's kind of the other side of town called lemu l-e-m-o it's really, really good. So I, I would say one of those two. Okay, but we'll, we'll throw that. Or she's in charge. As every coach will tell you, my wife's in charge. And that's, so she's she's been texting me now. Why, why the heck I haven't? She's still waiting for me. Oh, okay. well, we're going to let you go. Whatever, so she's, she's the greatest. So that's part of it. She's probably used and, to that, being a coach's wife. <laughs> Where are you? And especially me. But, but anytime I can help spread and try to help parents. Well, and this is what this is. You, so you've you've touched that. a lot of people here, Coach. So, so again, this is Bill Mosiello, our TCU awesome. associate head coach. Bill, thank you so much. Yeah, you're Awesome. Thank you.